Ologist listeners, so excited to have you all back with us on this episode of Throwing Shade. Alan, Alan, how you doing? Baruch Hashem. Baruch Hashem. I'm so excited to be here filling this show hole now that we've finished (laughs) the third season of The Good Place. But somehow with this podcast, we will manage and we'll talk about demons anyway. How does that sound? Okay. Okay. So I understand that we're talking a little bit more about the demon rulers and specifically some stuff about age and term limits, perhaps? Lifespan. Lifespan. <laughs> or, that yeah, sure, term is limits. the phrase I was looking for. I kind of like the idea of demon term limits, though. <laughs> we should bring that up with the committee. Okay. So what are we talking about? Yeah. So um, there is a, a somewhat obscure safer called uh, Safer Shoshan Sodot. Uh-huh. Shoshan Sodot, which means? The Rose of Secrets. Really? It means Rose of Secrets. Yeah. That's how I translated it in my head, and I'm feeling proud of that and sad I didn't say it. Okay, go ahead. Okay, um, that's that's my best translation. I mean, Let's go with it. I like it. Okay, um, the, it's uh, the Arizal writes uh, th- about uh, it writes about it, and and he, according to him, it, this sefer was written by one of the students of the Ramban Nachmanides. Okay, so we're talking late thirteenth century Catalonia for context. Okay, um, it says in there that. Yes, well, listeners of this podcast will know that Shadim are mortal, like human beings are. Yes. Uh, even though that's true, they still live an extremely long time. Yes. And as an example, the Sefer Shashan Sodos brings uh, the kings. And mm-hmm. it says there that from the time of the creation of the universe mm-hmm. until now, there have only been three kings mm-hmm. of the Shadim. The first was Ashnadai. Yeah. Uh, hence the title, if you remember from the last, epi- last episode right, and stuff. Right, so the on. much fabled Ash- Ashmedai, yeah. Yes. The second is a shade named Haned, and the okay. third is Balad. All right. And it I don't continues. know these dudes. We're going to have to yeah. Google them. Uh, okay. Get a um, sense of what their... Or we could learn the text about Their leadership that. style was... Yep. Okay, go ahead. All right. Let's learn the text. <laughs> Even better. It, that's right in front of us right now. Okay. Um, and uh, and it continues and says that this Balad king mm-hmm. is still alive and kicking. Okay. Um, that's probably that's literal, actually. I imagine he's doing some actual physical kicking. You're such a nerd. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Me? Okay, we'll talk about this later. Okay, continue. <laughs> Fascinating. Anyway. Fascinating. Three kings in I such a long time. <laughs> yeah, I felt it. Kay. Okay. Like a kick. Go ahead. <laughs> wow. That that was that was good actually. See, that was pretty see good. See how I tied that all together? <laughs> and we all come full circle. What else do you see in the text in front of you? Um from the Zayara Kodesh, mm-hmm. it says that Nama. Mm-hmm. Nama. Remember I'm excited to hear her Nama. name again. Yes. Yeah, from she, we know she was created One of the way queenly back. demons, yes. Right, way back in the way beginnings of the creation of the universe. Yeah, classic demon lady. She, yeah, yeah, one of the four queens. Mm-hmm. Uh, she is still around. Really? Yeah, so she is standing in her dwelling place, mm-hmm. which is so in... So obviously not in heels. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> that's a long time. Okay. You've never worn heels. Um, in the... Storms of the sea, the great sea, right? And she is. She's standing in them? Yes, that's where she dwells. Oh. In the storms of the great sea. Oh, 
not many visitors. Uh, hurricanes uh-huh. or none the like. Yeah. Right. Ooh. Um, and she laughs at human beings oh, when they're going through what they're going through. Yeah. And uh, and another thing she does is she gets them all hot and bothered while they're in their dreams. Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To cause them to sin and so on. Okay. Um, what a sweetheart. Sure. Um, <laughs> sarcasm. Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, <laughs> Sorry. I can put more snark in my voice It would if it would help <laughs> recognize those moments. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then. Is there more? There is more. Yay. There's a few more things that I would like to get through, hopefully. Not um, going to happen. Yeah. Okay. There's a Sefer Shikas Leket, which brings from, again, the Zayhar Kodesh. That even though, like we said, we know that Shadim are mortal like human beings, mm-hmm. nonetheless, there are three who, from the time of the creation of the universe, um, are still around mm-hmm. and will be around until the final redemption yeah. with Mashiach. Okay, so, so they get to live out the entire human timeline until we all do this, the switcheroo into like Mashiach. messianic times. Correct. Got it. Uh, and they are Lilis. Naama, who oh. we mentioned, and Agras, three of the queens. Wow. It's interesting. At the time of the final Geula with mm-hmm. Mashiach, Hashem, God's self, is going to destroy all Tuma mm-hmm. uh, in the universe, all impurity, if you will, bad translation, but right. uh, from the universe, including those three. So there won't be any of that left. Yeah. That's going to be a bitter end. But they will have had a good run. Right. Yes. Um, okay. Wow. That's so interesting that it's the three shade outs, the three, and it's the, the queenly ones um, that have stuck around this whole time. Yes. Okay. We're going to take a quick break and then dive into one more piece? Yeah, sure. Awesome. Sounds good. All right. Let's do it. Okay, Alan, I understand we got one more little juicy text to dive into. Well, yes, because I can hear the listeners now asking, wait a minute, how exactly does a king of the Shadim die? Mm, Yes, this is definitely the question on everyone's minds. Yes, Um, because we know, as we mentioned, Ashmedai and at least one other king of the Shadim, according to the Shaishan Saidais, are dead. Right. So how did that happen? I don't know. Thankfully... We have a sefer called uh, Seder Hadairais, okay. which is the like order of the generations. Yeah, which is basically um, it's like a chronological history, uh, like a, it's like a collection of history, Jewish histories written mm-hmm. from throughout a bunch of time periods. It was compiled and published in um, the 18th century time ish. Mm-hmm. We'll go with that. It was very um, precise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All our librarian friends are like cringing. Originally published 1768. Does that help? Wow, really? Um, I Did think you know so. That? I think so. Um, <laughs> okay. Um, anyway, so there is a story there where it explains the death of Ashmedai. Ooh. Apparently, the um, the, the 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 so the, this book quotes an older book. Mm-hmm. that uh, is telling a story from the times of the Crusades. Okay. And the Crusades were so bad for the Jewish people. Yes. Listen to what it says. Yeah. 
Um, so the Crusades are so bad. The Avois, the uh, forefathers, mm-hmm. are in Shemaim. Mm-hmm. They're, they're in heaven and are trying to th- their best to do whatever they can to save the Jewish people yeah. and the Jewish communities. Specifically, they were interested in the community of Metz, which is what's Ashkenaz area, right? Okay. So like France ish i think it's like france germany border i could be wrong about that okay um uh yes there and because there's especially i guess especially a terrible atrocities going on there at that time hmm. and it was so bad that ashmedai melech hashedim mm-hmm. the ruler of the shedim came with his entire legion his entire arm all of his armies yeah to fight against those who are hating the Jewish people. Really? Those, yes. Fight for the Jewish people. Right? Because um, he's like, guys, <laughs> really? <laughs> um, Back off. And he said, he gave a, he gave, wanted to give a sign to the Avois, to the forefathers. Okay. He said, um, if you see red blood, then you will know that I have defeated our en- the enemies. Mm. But if you see green, you should run. So one of by land, two of by sea kind of thing. I guess. Okay. You should flee, right? Okay. Um, uh, and so they, uh, so we pause here. This is what the safer does. It pauses and it tells us that's how we know that Ashmedai died with them. And mm. that, and, um, and also that, he was that he was dead and that he was uh, alive in the times of the Rishonim. He had lived wait, until the times of the Rishonim. What? No, wait, wait. No, we're okay. gonna come. It's a, I told you we paused. Now we're coming back. <laughs> okay. All right. Hold on. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> um, I don't. Um, there is a uh, there is a sefer called Taras Yaakov. Okay. This is the proof for something it says in Taras Yaakov, which is it says there. That it brings from um, from another place. Okay, that it says in the mm-hmm. Talmud. This mm-hmm. quotes. It says in the Talmud that the blood of Shadim is green. Mm. Okay, so in other mm-hmm. words, now we know that when you see the green blood, we're talking yeah. about Ashmedai's blood. Yes. Okay, but here's the problem. Mm. It doesn't say in the Talmud that Shadim have green blood. Okay. Um, but uh, this is but. There's a there's a safer that says they do. Okay. And Ashmedai, according to Seder Adoreis, told the Abbas uh-huh. that he was gonna. It, it, I mean, if anybody can verify that information, it's Ashmedai. Sure. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, and so so nonetheless, it's still able to be understood, even though it doesn't say what it says. It says in the Talmud. Anyway. Okay. Um, so. Uh, wait. So can I do my wait? What now? Oh yeah, sure. Wait. What? So. <laughs> Hold on. So Ashmedai dies fighting in the Crusades and defending the Jews? Yeah. Remember. That is mind-boggling. Ashmedai is himself. I don't know if we mentioned this explicitly in any previous episodes, but it does say in several sources, and I can, I can quote some here, actually. Um, uh, it does say that Ashmedai himself is actually, so there's different Jewish shading and non-Jewish shading. Ashmedai right. himself is a Jewish shade. Right. 
So um, maybe we can put this in later or something, but uh, the sources that is. But uh, um, if, if you're curious, message us. But um, yeah. Um, but yeah, so he himself is a Jewish shade. And so he's so defending he has the this Jew- kind of like Esther moment of like you're messing with my people. Yeah. And so I'm going to come out and act on their behalf, even though my entire existence is devoted to thwarting their every effort to do good. Right. But they have to be alive for me to do my job. It's a peoplehood thing. Sure. It's a peoplehood (laughs) thing. No, but it also I mean, there is an element of self-interest there. Right. If the Jews are gone. Yeah. yeah. Then the Shadim don't have a gig anymore. Okay. Yeah. Right. So in some ways, he's sort of like defending his role. But at the same time, like what a remarkable story to cast around this around this character who's, you know, heading up like, like demons, shady. I mean, we've talked about these are not like nice creatures. Correct. Um, but between this and like the story with Solomon, like there's there's some really interesting ways that they the demonic efforts get subverted um, for the sake of the Jews and kind of help determine the. I don't know, determine the timeline a little bit. In a way, but remember, he fails, right? Like, yes, it's true right. that so, he... Right, so, yes. This is true. This is a good point. The Crusades were awful. Yes. And... And they were so bad that Ashmedai comes the king to the, of the defense of the Jewish, living Jewish people. Yeah. Know? Yeah. That is a really powerful encapsulation of that time period. Yeah. And of, like, the way that Jewish text wrestles with these really terrible moments and mm-hmm. um you know tries to wrap some sense around them or you know package them in a way that helps us understand and deal damn man mm-hmm. told you it was a cool story and also green blood who has green blood is it vulcans yeah wow <laughs> that's cool we're gonna have to talk about that too <laughs> amazing alan thank you all right Okay, Shade Throwers, we got a great listener question from Tali, who says, uh, Throwing Shade, I just finished binging all the episodes. You are amazing. Awesome. Learned so much. Thank you. So did we. Um, I was wondering about Shadim in America. The first Jews came to Brazil in the 1500s and to New Amsterdam in the 1600s. Did they take Shadim with them? Tali, awesome question. I'm really excited that we get to tackle this one. Alan, some thoughts on Tali's amazing question. Yeah, thank you, Tali. Uh, first of all, thank you for the question. Um, okay, so this question really kind of has two answers. If we, we really want to parse it out. So I think mm-hmm. the one thing to think about is, do the Jews in America, so do they have shading with them? Wherever they go Mm -hmm. is one part of the question. Sure. The other part of the question is, did they did they like, I don't know, physically carry them with them from Europe to the Americas? Uh Do they do they travel? Do they throw away or something? Immigrate or emigrate rather with the Jews. Right. Uh huh. Okay. I so, love that those are the only two things you thought of as opposed to maybe <laughs> like if you have another one. Sort of, well, there's also the if you think of Shadim as sort of cultural accoutrement, you know, just like the idea of Shadim as opposed to. Oh, the no, I did not think of that. <laughs> <laughs> did they take the traditions of, you know, oh, okay. that kind of thing? Great. You so know, three, three the things. way of, 
the way a more a more scholarly or you know sort of historical non Allenish approach kind of <laughs> okay. whatever to the question. Just figured I'd put that in there that that might be part of the implication. That's okay. All. That's not I don't what I was know thinking, Tally, but okay, we can but, do that too. Yeah, that's actually I think a pretty easy one. Um, let's start with that one. Great. Um, yeah. Yes. Um, <laughs> Check. Yeah. Done. Almost for sure because. Um, you know, uh, I hope to one day have a Maimonidean scholar uh, as a guest on this program. Mm, this is a real thing we have discussed. Yes, we even have Listeners. someone in mind. But um, I, I wanted to, especially because what we're talking about is immigrants from uh, Western Europe, mm-hmm. Spanish Sephardi Jews, mm-hmm. right? Um, from that from that part of the world, Spanish, Portuguese, Sephardi, you know, Brazil, New Amsterdam. Mm-hmm. All that stuff. Sure. And uh, I, when it comes to those specific, specific cultural, you know, relationship to Shadim, Shadim mm-hmm. I know a thing or two about Ashkenazi stuff. Mm-hmm. I know almost nothing about the Sephardi stuff. Yeah. What I do know is that Maimonides, who we've talked about in this, especially the earlier episodes of this podcast, um, basically had two goals with his works. One was to convince people that God has no corporeal form. Mm-hmm. And the other was to convince people that Shadim are ridiculous and you shouldn't believe in them. Right. He succeeded in the first. He did not in the second. Hmm. And when and at the time when the um, uh, when we're talking about right, the immigrant immigration to America happened. Mm-hmm. This were these were Spanish Portuguese Jews coming here uh, who had carried the tradition from the time even before Maimonides to, you know, the, the moment when they set sail from Europe to America. Mm-hmm. So they almost for sure had these traditions with them and they kept them when they came to America for sure. Yeah. Almost for sure. Okay. Uh, but I get, I, I have to have a, a Maimonidean scholar and hopefully also like a Sephardi, somebody who knows something about that stuff. Yes. <laughs> um, more yes. than me. Okay, um, so that's that's one. The other one I wanted to address. Uh, sorry, sorry, there were two more, right? Yes. Um, do so Jews do Jews have shading with them wherever they go? Mm-hmm. Yes. The reason I say that is because we've also mentioned in previous episodes one way to create shading, unfortunately, mm-hmm. is with your averas. Right. So if there was any the Jew the not good. doing an any Avera in America. Intentionally or not. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, there were shading at least being created in America. Okay. So, so yeah, there was never a time when there weren't. Well, I would, li- I would love to be. Don- <laughs> no, I know. I mean, you have to be Dan Schus, right? Dan the Schus. You have to judge favorably and assume that they weren't. But it's very, very unlikely. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Um, Dan Lachaf reality check. Yeah, <laughs> got it. Um, just knowing what we know from historical context and things like that, it was almost, it was very, very unlike. Any, any, anyway. Yes, I think that's fair. Then the other part is. I like your idea of like shading stowaways, though. That's, that the, that's the, last the last one. one. Yeah. Yeah. Did they come? <laughs> so mm-hmm. another thing to remember about shading, and again, I'm refer- referencing a previous episode. At least one previous episode, we mentioned a Gemara in Eruvin about Yosef Sheda. Uh huh. Joe, my man Joe, yes. And this this ability that Shadim, some Shadim have to 
tra- travel extremely long distances yes. in the blink of an eye or less. You know, it's like, it's, uh, what, there's a word for it. Uh, like Right, they like teleport or tele- something. Something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I can't, uh, transmigration, transmit, I don't know, whatever. Sure, let's go with that. Um, in Hebrew, it's kvitzas aderech. Okay. Um, which some tzaddikim have that ability as well. But, um, hmm. so w- the question I would have is, would they need to have stowed away on a boat? Probably not. <laughs> Well, um, if they wanted to hang out and keep messing with their preferred Jews along the way. Okay. They could have right? done, or they could have they gone to wherever. They could have made the trip even then, more miserable. Right. Right. Or they could have gone to wherever and just, just met showed up there. on a boat in the middle of the sea because there's a Jew there. You right. Know, like, right. Um, hmm. So, uh, I, uh, yeah, I hope that helps. <laughs> I think all of the above are true. Yeah, I would go with yeah. Yeah, and um, yeah, I I hope that is a I hope that's a satisfying answer for Tally. <laughs> um, yeah, so awesome, um, Tally. Thank you again for sending in your question, uh, listeners, shade throwers, gorgeous listeners. Uh, please feel free to share your questions with us as they come up. We don't always get to all of them, and not always in the most timely manner. But we read all of them, we think about all of them, and we think about you because you're amazing human beings. And so please send in your questions, um, and uh, we will tackle it in a subsequent episode. So thanks, Alan. This was fun. Yeah. Okay, Shade Throwers, we're coming to the end of our time, but we're going to leave you with a quick action item. And um, in the break, Alan, you and I were talking a little bit about a lot of what held this sort of thematic thread of this episode together was this idea of time, right? These long spans of time and the, you know, the demon queens who exist Mm -hmm. forever and, um, you know, Ashmedai and his lengthy rule and, you know, the, talking about the, the Crusades and coming to America and just these massive spans of time. And it made me think it wasn't just time, but it's also there's a message of kind of resiliency in there that I really like. And um, just this idea that there are these there are so many little, little and big difficult moments along the way. But if you kind of step back and get that. 10,000 foot or 10,000 year view, you sort of step back from the immediacy of the situation. You can sort of appreciate how even in those most difficult of times, how resilient you are as a person, how resilient we are as a people and how every once in a while an unexpected helper steps up and (laughs) kind of, (laughs) you know, fights on your behalf. And so I, th- I think that's that's something I'm going to take with me is that even when there are these really difficult moments that just like pushing pause and stepping back and seeing the bigger situation, looking at that bigger timeline is sort of a reminder of like we've been through a lot and there's more to come and it's, you know, it ain't over. There's more good to come. Right. And if I could just add, I think that um, part of the resilience comes from knowing that, you know, it, we can, it's easy to feel small when you know that, you know, it says, you know, uh, the lifespan of a person is, you know, like maybe 70 or 80 years. And it's not that much. According to the Talmud. Yeah. Right. Um, and, uh, and here are these shading, these forces who are out to get you that can live for millennia. Right. 
uh, and longer. And so it's easy to feel small. You know, people think about outer space and it's so, so big and I'm so small. It's Carl Sagan and all that stuff. Right. Same thing I think is true as, uh, of time. But one thing to keep in mind, like you were saying, like this resiliency, I think that I believe it comes from our innate connection, direct connection to Hashem, who is Atik Yaimin, you know, who is, you know, uh, ancient of days. Right. Is the, it goes all, you know, you know, no beginning and no end. There's no, mm-hmm. you know, a being um, that's bigger than all of it. Exactly. And you got a direct channel. Exactly. Exactly. Right on. Remember that. Okay. You got it. Shade throwers, gorgeous listeners, you matter. The world needs you. Thank you so much for spending a little bit of time with us today, and we'll catch you next time on Throwing Shade, Better Living Through Jewish Demonology. Catch you all later. (laughs) 